Spartans, what is your profession? You see, old friend, I brought more soldiers than you did. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're streaming out live on the alternate current radio network and also at 21stCenturyWire.com. And after the live broadcast, wherever you are, you'll be able to download this show and listen to it uh, on iTunes, uh, on Podomatic, uh, on the other podcast networks, Stitcher, many others, and also on the Spreaker API as well. We'll have that link for you available uh, below the show page. Now, our next guest... Uh, is co-founder of the Free uh, Brazil Movement. This is a a coalition of conservative, uh, libertarian, and right-wing groups in Brazil. And this was founded in 2014, uh, based in Sao Paulo. And they're really promoting, uh, to to summarize, I would say, free market solutions uh, to Brazil's uh, perennial bureaucratic maelstrom. Uh, would be a kind way to describe it. But uh, this would be the equivalent of Brazil, Brazil's Tea Party, at least this is how it was uh, talked about in the media at the time. Uh, this is one of the biggest, uh, yeah, you would say, right-wing movements uh, in the world, probably the biggest in South America, uh, co-founded, probably the most famous uh, personality attached to this is Kim uh, Petroka Kachaguri, whose uh, Time magazine rated as one of the most influential young political figures in the world. Uh, and so our next guest, Renan Santos, joining us on the live link from Brazil to talk about his battle and his organization's battle with Facebook. Uh, and we want to welcome him to the Sunday Wire. Hello, Renan. Hello. Uh, it's a pleasure for me to be here. It's a honor. And it's very nice to uh, express what's going on here in Brazil and giving uh, some sort of uh, advice, like maybe what they're doing first here is what they're going to do with all you guys all around. So, you know, it's, um, it's a big mess. So tell tell us about what happened, uh, Renan. And by the way, your story, for the most part, it's been blacked out of, of the Western media. Uh, it, with an exception of RT and a few other websites, no one's really uh, reported on this, but this is one of the biggest political purges uh, in Facebook history, I think we're talking about up to 300 personal pages and uh, organizations pages just basically shut down by Facebook and right up in the run up to the Brazilian elections. Um, what, what what happened here? Yeah, well, um, like in the last three years, a Free Brazil Movement became in Brazil the strongest most influential political group on social media, and we start to bring uh, several defeats to not only the mainstream media, but the powerful establishment that worked in Brazil without any sort of um, opposition in the last decades. So we put down a government, we put down uh, an ex-president in jail, a Lula, a kind of famous leftist politician in South America, and after uh, all that, all the recognition we got among Brazilians, uh, we became like as much 
powerful in terms of Facebook, especially on Facebook, as the American right-wing groups and even Donald Trump. I mean, our engagement used to be around the same engagement of Donald Trump. Even though Brazil is a much smaller country. So we got in the... They, they caught us on, uh, on their... Uh, how, how can I say? On their um, spot. So they said, okay, we, we cannot deal with these guys on a normal democratic debate. After a while, they start to talk that we are producing fake news. They couldn't prove in the last two years. And they start to say that we are manipulating the public debate. They had no proofs of that. So they're starting to spread this message and they start to spread this message on, on mainstream media. And last week, they put down not only my personal profile, but some other personal profiles on Facebook and some Facebook pages. Um, not the, the Facebook page from Free Brazil Movement, because they say that we have... Um, a uh, group of pages that are spreading misinformation and division among Brazilians. But all the pages that they put down, they said they put down around 300 pages and personal profiles. But from Free Brazil Movement and related to Free Brazil Movement, it was only 20. And we discovered we, we had lost some pages and some profiles. But... Actually, it didn't, um, it didn't change much our reach and our engagement. But what was strange for us is that they put all the blame uh, over this ban on us. And it was all connected. The same moment Facebook did that, like Reuters from USA uh, uh, made an article uh, writing about it and saying that it was all, all belonged to us. And then, like, all mainstream media was talking that it was a network of fake news from Free Brazil Movement. So I was like, what the hell is going on? It was, like, in the morning, on a Wednesday morning, and, like, the world was all against us. And uh, Facebook didn't give any answer, and then it started a war. Okay, so so uh, this is interesting, uh, Renan. So you, you had to learn about it from Reuters, basically, or learn what the official explanation was from Reuters. Uh, so what what really happened, it looks like, is I think what you said. I, I think uh, they're using this fake news crisis, which was invented during the uh, 2016 U.S. election. Uh, and th this is being used by governments in the U.S., in Europe, in the U.K., and I guess in Brazil as well, as an excuse to uh, enact a censorship program and giving Facebook the green light, basically, to do the dirty work for them. Is this, is this what do you think is happening? It's exactly what is happening. Um, uh, if we make some uh, short like uh, timeline, uh, we had in 2015 and 2016 lots of things uh, around the world uh, connect, somehow connected. We had the impeachment in Brazil, we had the Brexit, and we had the American elections. And those three things, they were massively um, shared on Facebook. People were like using social media to spread their, their ideas and they were fighting the mainstream media, um, um, how can I say, establishment, establishment positions. Uh, sorry for my English, I'm, I'm, I'm not that good. But well, okay. it's um, basically they, they, felt, they felt that they, 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 they lost uh, a battle. So this, when this fake news started, this fake news story, uh, it took, like it started in USA, I think in the end of 2016, only one month after that, 
the media in Brazil start to say that we spread fake news. They never proved anything, but they said that. Facebook pages, just like Free Brazil Movement, they are um, doing the same thing as the Russians did on the American elections. And they start to like repeat it, just like uh, on, on Hitler um, times, you know. When you when you repeat the a lie many times, it becomes a truth. So uh, they start to saying that all the time. Uh, in the middle of last year, they cut our reach by half in 2017, and mm -hmm. then this year, like they cut more and more our reach. They didn't do the same with the left left pages and left profiles, and um, like they are interfering clearly in Brazilian elections. But I feel it's all connected. It's uh, everything's connected because they are doing. They kind of they did this on a smaller scale on the Mexicans. Now we have like the first the the guy who did in the elections is a right wing politician, and he only uses social network, for media. So he's uh, they are they are really scared of what's going on in these elections in Brazil, and they think that we have a very influential cluster. Of debate, so they are like really happy cheering themselves that they they put down a cluster of right wing debate on Facebook. Wow! So so they can't they can't win the public debate. Let's say so. This is the reaction of the establishment. I'm going to say the establishment, Renan, because I don't think this is particularly a left or a right issue. I think this is an issue about power because. The same thing happened in Pakistan a few years ago. You probably saw this story. I think it was uh, it was connected with a it was a rock band that was a popular left wing called La 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 Al, and uh, they Facebook blocked them. And this was around and it had to do with pressure from the Pakistani government. And so it's it's left and it's right. It's happening on both sides of the political spectrum, although to different sides depending on what country you're in. So I think the real story, Renan, is Facebook is uh, colluding and meddling uh, in the election and democratic uh, processes in many countries. Is this, is this what you're finding? Yeah, I agree with you. Like um, the lobby guys from Facebook who works in Brazilian Congress, they are working among leftist and right-wing congressmen. They don't, don't even, they don't care about the, the political side. And right now in Brazil, the establishment, they are together on a center-left coalition that also has right-wing politicians and groups. Um, I don't know exactly what Facebook one wants to do and why they want to interfere in the elections. But when we remind, for example, what happened on the, um, on the Arab Spring, and after that we had some sort of Arab Spring in Brazil, it was in 2013, and we had lots of riots on the streets. It was leftist riots using social media. So, like, freedom works for the left and for the right. And they don't want this to happen uh, for both sides. That's interesting. So, so let's, let's, just, uh, let's just backtrack a little bit. So, so, the, so you've, got, you've got a situation where you've built up one of the largest political movement. So this is probably the biggest online political movement in the whole of the South American continent in the biggest country in South America, which is Brazil. In terms of engagement, it's rivaling the biggest on the planet in terms of, you know, the U.S. groups and Donald Trump himself. Um, it's taken three years, built it up, built it up. And so Facebook has then seen the growth of this and decided to, well, they're in a position basically 
to take to pull the plug on you, but they need the government to do this, or they need permission from the government. How how exactly does this work? Uh, yeah, this is this is when the story starts to get more and more scary. Well, uh, like we have the Supreme Court in Brazil, and also we have a, um, a department called TSE. That means the Superior Court for Elections. And the president of the Supreme Court for Elections is a man called Luis Fuchs. And this guy is also from the Supreme Court. He was on TV in the beginning of the year all the time, all around, saying that he wants to fight fake news and he wants to, he will do anything that he can to stop the spreading of fake news that can affect the elections. And he was on the mainstream media all the time. And him and the mainstream media in Brazil, they were like doing a very coordinated work together to, let's say, fight the fake news. Well, after a while, this is bizarre. And, you know, as we are in Brazil, Brazil, uh, Brazil is always funny. Even when things are scary, they are funny as well. There was a, fa a very famous fake news in Brazil that Free Brazil Movement was, um, was uh, the, the biggest... Um, the, the biggest institution who spread fake news in Brazil. This was created as a fake news from a left, leftist blog, and it was um, it was said that this was a study, like a paper from an university in Brazil. The university denied, and even leftist leaders said, oh, this is a lie, this is just bullshit. Well, this guy who's a minister from Supreme, a judge from our Supreme Court, who was the president of the Supreme Court for elections, he used this fake news to start an investigation about us, about fake news. And, like, he became a, a national joke. Everyone made a joke of it because it's bizarre, it's a joke. And he, but he kept doing that. Uh, then he started to make some meetings with uh, social media companies like Facebook, Twitter, and with the NGOs. And they didn't bring these meetings to the light. Like, people doesn't know what they were discussing. Some journalists start to ask what happened in these meetings, and they, they didn't open. And they said that it's like national security, uh, national security matter, so people couldn't know. And after we got banned from Facebook last week, uh, uh, a general attorney, he was on Twitter, like um, really happy uh, congratulating Facebook that they accomplished their part on uh, agreement with the Supreme Court and this agreement is the is part of those meetings that we have no idea what was discussed so like they are making agreements with companies companies that are not Brazilian companies agreements that you know will affect our elections and we have no idea what they're doing like, so like there's a big chance that the Supreme Court and the Supreme Electoral Court is involved in this scandal. Wow. Okay. So, so, so he's celebrating on social media, congratulating Facebook. This is the court attorney uh, who's involved with your election commissions, basically. He's celebrating openly, but when you want to go and see the minutes of those meetings, it's classified under a national security letter. Is this, is this right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty serious. That's pretty serious. So, okay, so this is uh, okay. So this is the level of corruption that a lot of people feared. And you know, there is a. F this is not uh, not to um, 
not to cheapen the uh, conversation, but Hollywood did a film uh, Tom Hanks starred in. It's called The Circle. And the plot of this film was, I'll play you a clip in a second. The plot was that this social media platform had a monopoly, guys. And because it had this monopoly, it then got the license to basically do elections online. It was doing everything, registering, paying taxes, voting, everything, all done through this one social media portal. And the idea was that it would save money and it would be more efficient and so forth. This is called The Circle. And people were scared when they saw this plot of this film. They said, how could you give one company that much power? And who gives the company power? How could the government be that closely linked to a corporation like this? And they were doing this internationally. And they started with developing world countries or third world countries, so-called third world countries. Uh, Listen to this clip real quick and we'll talk about it. Listen to this. We all pay taxes. And what, 80% of us did that online last year? Why not stop duplicating services? Why not just make it all part of one unified system? You could pay your taxes, vote, pay your parking ticket, all through your Circle account. We'd save users hundreds of hours of inconvenience. We'd save the government billions. Hundreds of billions. We could eliminate half of it overnight. Why wouldn't the government just build a similar service? Why the hell did they need us? It would cost too much. They don't have the expertise. We already have the infrastructure. You are absolutely right. Government needs us more than we need them. Wow. Uh, Does that sound familiar, Uh, (laughs) Renan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like in 1984, the book from George Orwell, you know, it's, it's scary as hell, but it's how it's going. And I really feel, I really feel we are using as an experiment because, you know, Brazilians use a lot of social media. It's like they spend a lot of their time using that. And at the same time, we are not on the spot. Like when we talk about politics, international politics, we never talk about Brazil. Like Brazil is not part of the most important international game. So like those things, they start to happen here. And we have, you know, when we vote here, there's a big discussion over that. Our when we vote here, we use we use uh, uh, also a system, an electronic system that people don't trust on that system, and also it has no uh, um, accountability. It's really really scary because people say that it can be manipulated, and it was tested and can easily be manipulated. Like the system, uh, the owners of the system are of a company from Venezuela, and they start they try to save this the system to USA to. Germany and everyone said it was a joke they couldn't use, but it's all connected and we are starting to see those kinds of things happening here. So like, it's really scary. So, so you, you made a comment uh, in, in a recent interview that I thought was interesting. You said that um, be, because the U.S. midterm elections are coming up, that Facebook has done this aggressive move in Brazil on your organization and other similar uh, organizations and supporters in order to sort of show show the show the U.S. government that they're practicing on Brazil. In other words, uh, you know, our system of censorship or banning people or whatever, we're clamping down and we're doing it in Brazil. And that's the, so they're kind of sending the U.S. government a message. Hey, we're working on this fake news problem. Is, is that what you think is? Do you think they're using Brazil as the warm up for the U.S. elections? Yeah, 
yeah the, and I, I I'm pretty sure they are doing that um, the way they are working uh, coordinated with our media first of all and also the way they are working coordinated with the Supreme Court and the electoral court shows a pattern you know and I, I feel it's really interesting how those things start to happen first here and then uh, in other countries like some days ago, I watched Alex Jones from Infowar like talking about Facebook reach being like putting put down by Facebook. That was like, come on, like it happened here one year ago. What is he doing? No, and I, I feel like things are anticipated here. Things are happening first here, and uh, for sure, it's a way to show. Uh, like they say that they want to show the investors and also the international community that they are fighting fake news and misinformation. And, well, it was like with 300 profiles and pages, political profiles and pages, it's like it was the like strongest move in this direction. And they didn't do like worldwide. They didn't do like I'm, I'm fighting fake news around the globe. No, they did only in Brazil two months before our elections. So, like, uh, this is they, they are sending a message, and uh, for me, for me, for me, it's pretty sure the message is for like the American government and the American media, the American uh, mainstream and um, establishment that they are doing their homework. And look, look how we did, we done that in Brazil, you know. So, so Mike, this is uh, this is interesting. So, this is potential corruption here in the sense that. Uh, Facebook is 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 meddling in a major nation's electoral process uh, because politics and political movements and support for movements and issues and all this congregating online. This is part of the political process. Uh, and Facebook, an American company who's involved deeply here, as we can see, uh, in what's going on in Brazil, trying to divert the result. In other words, trying to control the conversation online. Uh, trying to restrict access or restrict visibility of certain, of major groups. This is, uh, I mean, uh, Renan, you're, you're talking about your rallies uh, in Brazil. Uh, how many people would you get to your uh, street rallies on average? What what numbers are we talking about for the Free Brazil movement? Like, for, let's say, for example, this year, I, on a demonstration against the, the ex-president Lula, uh, like pressuring, pressuring the court to put him in jail, Only in one day, one million. In 2016, 3.3 million people on streets uh, to put down Dilma Rousseff's government. Uh, in 2015, also three and four million people. So, like, it's not a small, obscure right-wing group, as Facebook tries to say. It's like it's a very influential group in Brazil. Like we are known everywhere in the country. Have around. 180 branches in the whole in the whole country on the, all the states we have congressmen we have mayor we have like we have a political structure so they're not doing like to, it's a bunch of boys on internet it's not like we give interviews every day we are influential in the politics so it's bizarre what they're doing what, what do you think about this mike what are your thoughts oh uh, <clears throat> well the first question i have is who has asked facebook to do this It's the, the, the incumbent government. So Facebook is is uh, taking action against opponent against an opposition, an opposition effectively to the incumbent to government. the incumbent government. This this is from a democratic point of view. This is uh, pretty serious because what we've got is a, a corporate entity uh, simply following instructions from 
and if you look at if you look at the uh, the whole um, uh, the, their their international uh, consortium that they've set up to, to fight terrorism online, mm-hmm. uh, who, who gave them the idea for this? Theresa May. So this is this is national governments telling the corporations that we've got to uh, stop certain types of activities online. And in Germany, the same thing with the fake news fines that they're threatening. So, in other words, the governments are saying, we'll give you access to do business in our country, but you have to do us some favors. Correct. Is That's kind of what's going on here. Uh, and there's not only that, but there's also outreach from the U.S. government through Facebook. And I, I will not be naive to think that the U.S. government and its intelligence apparatuses don't have an interest in f- Facebook's activities uh, internationally too. Let's be realistic about it, right? Yeah. So we've got that asked. So it's going both ways, basically. Now, look, uh, something that I'd like to to understand here is if three hundred accounts and pages and or so have been uh, actually shut down, what effect has this had uh, on the ground, as it were? So, so I'd be interested to know exactly what effect that had on the whole on the whole process. Yeah. So, R- Renan, what what's the physical effect? What's the well, uh, the, the funny thing is that you know um, it didn't change much. They it was much more. Um, uh, they start to spread the idea that we had a fake news network, uh, but as we don't have like the the page that they shut down, they are not they are not big pages. It was like branches from Fabrizio Movement and some personal profiles. But those pages and profiles that belong to us, they are around um, 20 or 30, around 20 or 30, like official pages and profiles and some linked, some pages and profiles linked to us. All the others, uh, some are obscure pages and some other are political pages uh, of opposition that have no relation with us. And uh, but when they after the they put down the, those pages, the message that they were trying to say is that, well, it's a network of manipulations inside of Facebook. They they said on a, on their um, official note they wrote that to Brazilian press, and that our reach. We only had like a very uh, big reach. Like, I mean, we used to talk to 8 million people daily. Um, It was because of this network. And actually it wasn't, and it didn't change anything for us. They put down the algorithm uh, before that happened. So what we think that what they are doing is like, they must find a reason to put down the algorithm and put down your reach. And they can do it, uh, for example, why they don't put down the reach of some other f- political pages that don't, they are not so polemical on the debate or so influential as us. You know, so they said, oh, no, 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 we, we, are, uh, we found that your reach was because you had this misinformation network. So, you know, there's this discussion in Facebook. Uh, if Facebook choose what people can see and what people cannot see, they become a media group. And if they become a media group, they are responsible for all their content and they will have serious problems with justice. So they somehow, they're finding a way to control the spread of political news that doesn't interest them in every country. And at the same time, not being uh, on the justice, not become a media group that has specific legislation, and that would be a problem for their business model. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, go uh, ahead. And, and uh, Ronald, what uh, are, are people talking about using alternative uh, platforms in Brazil, or is Facebook and Twitter are they still uh, are they still the platforms that everybody wants to use? Um, people use a lot of Facebook, but less and less. People are using less and less Facebook in Brazil nowadays. Like Instagram is pretty strong, and WhatsApp is like big as hell. And uh, Twitter is not much. Twitter is more like for influential people and stuff. Well, um, like we're looking for other sources of uh, communication, and like we we're talking with guys from other countries. You know, maybe working some blockchain blockchain uh, social medias that cannot be controlled. Maybe this is the way. But we have to bring inflation people from other, from all around the globe to get together in some sort of coalition. You know, to bring those the, their fan base and their followers, so we can uh, we can like work outside of Facebook group. I mean, they have WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook itself. And you know, in Brazil, that's what we're discussing. We have web page, we have blogs, but we we must have a sharing machine. If we can, if we want to find mainstream media, we must have social media that have this share option. And that Facebook was very good on that, and um, we still don't have it. So, especially two months before elections, this is like this is like really a big problem. Yeah, I think this is across the board, uh, Mike. I think uh, uh, what Renan's uh, discussing in terms of politics is the same with information. I think they're one in the same uh, phenomenon we're talking about, which is the sharing or the sh spread of information. And so exactly what the, the last U.S. government did was to create a fake, let's say, uh, a fake sort of uh, premise that uh, there was all this fake news on Facebook and that somehow determined the outcome of the U.S. presidential 2016 elections. And then the U.S. government put pressure on Facebook itself. I think Senator Warner from uh, Virginia made multiple trips, I think five, four or five trips in total uh, to the Silicon Valley to basically demand that they come up with evidence that there were Russian bots or there was some Russian bot activity. And in the end, uh, Facebook capitulated after saying no a few times, and then they basically created something that they thought might resemble uh, Russian activity or Russian bots. It was nominal, uh, but that was basically coming from the U.S. Senate. Okay, so And then you have the Steele dossier coming in, which was fake news, which was put out, and that was used to trigger an investigation. So I think what Renan is, is describing is the same phenomenon, Mike, which is that using the, the premise of fake news, the fake crisis, of fake news to trigger official inquiries and official investigations, which that's that's a kind of a predictable pattern by government, and then from there trying to enact some regulatory uh, framework to basically, for all intents and purposes, it's censorship basically. But that's the basic process. I think it's the same. We're seeing the same thing happen Brazil, UK, US. So is is I mean is pretty much that's the that's the game plan, right? The game plan, I believe, the game plan is to is to um, make f Facebook hostile to people that are sharing information. Now, uh, the danger here is that you know campaigners, uh, people that are using Facebook not for their personal to put their personal family photographs on, but to, that are using it for for campaigning, uh, try to move onto alternative platforms. And Renan got this right. You've got to get the influencers to bring people with them. But even when they do that, 
the influencers are bringing people that are already following the influencers onto these other platforms. And the danger of Facebook for the establishment has been the fact that the uh, transfer of information and knowledge from alternative media, from campaign groups, to people that would never have come into contact with this information before, because Facebook is so ubiquitous, that, that there was nothing to stop that spread of information. And what they're trying to do is to silo information back into walled gardens to once com- again. To compartmentalize. To compartmentalize, because if you're back in a walled garden discussing your issue with your audience, uh, the people that, that aren't interested in that aren't going to get to see that stuff. They never get the opportunity to become interested in it. Mm-hmm. This is the danger for us, that, that this is the agenda that government is, is aiming to get us back into wall gardens the way we were before Facebook existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so, you know, uh, it, it is really important if, if people are talking about alternative platforms that influencers move over to alternative, then there's some agreement to be on, on, on a smaller number or, you know, a manageable number of alternative platforms mm-hmm. or some kind of distributed mechanism, whatever it is. But... Somehow we've got to replicate that uh, ability to get information from this place to that guy over there who wasn't interested in looking at this place because he had never seen the information in the first place, if, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Renan, what, what I think, my, my attitude is this, and I probably you're probably thinking similarly, is that in terms of the big main platforms, which Mike described, has many different people on there, and you have the ability to cross over the fence within the same country, uh, digital country, digital territory, to cross over fences, to to influence and talk and share ideas with people that that you really have to fight for your rights on these monopoly platforms. And until until you're absolutely banned for life, that that fight is going to have to take place. And it's just you just have to be relentless. I mean, what how, how do you how do you think it looks going forward? I mean, what are your feelings on this, Renan? Well, um, it's I think it is the beginning of a, a very like it's going to be a very strong struggle. We have to fight. Um, uh, like when, when they, they decided to work with censorship and work together with establishment and big, big media groups, and we can, I'm not saying this as a hypothesis, it's a fact since Facebook, uh, the algorithm for Facebook for news, when you post a new from, when you post news from like sources like, um, like New York Times, like in Brazil we have like our New York Times is a journal called Folha de São Paulo. If you post something from Folha de São Paulo in my Facebook page, it booms. Even though um, my people don't trust on them. It's because the algorithm from these sources, they are, it works better, much, much better. When we know how to prove it, we have lawyers, we are suing Facebook because they cannot do like that. Uh, YouTube uh, in the in, um, last week, I think, in the last two weeks, they said that they will um they will put more efforts, like uh, making strong uh, video. Uh, like if you if you post a video with um, how can I say uh, trustful sources than our mainstream media, they will make it go like better than alternative media. So like they are deciding to do that like under the eyes of the government and people don't. And if we don't screen, nothing's gonna happen. In Brazil, we are putting together lots of um, congressmen 
to on a CPI. CPI is like investigate investigation on the Congress, and they are getting together and getting the signatures to start it. We are on the Supreme Court fighting those guys, and we have a camp. We're camping with around 70 people in front of uh, Facebook right now in Sao Paulo and Brazil. Boys are camped there and screaming and making noise because like, they like to treat you as if you are a number, as if you are nothing. They erase your profile, they erase your page, and they don't even want to answer back. So they need to face people to look at their faces and know that they exist and that they are angry. And if they think that they are going to like censor and shut down our opinion, they are wrong. This is the only the beginning of a big war they're going to have in Brazil. Like, and, and there's lots of alternative and new politicians in Brazil. They are together with us. So um, I think it will be everywhere. They, they won't uh, win easily. Yeah, and, and let, me just, let me just reiterate uh, to everybody, this is not a political... This is a political subject, but it's not a partisan political issue. This affects both whatever side of the spectrum you you, you identify with, whether you're right, you, you're considered liberal or left wing or right wing conservative or libertarian uh, or anything else in between. Uh, this is this is really a, uh, an issue for you, and it's not a partisan issue. Jeremy Corbyn's Facebook uh, pages, he's left as left wing as, as they come in the UK right now. They're they're being attacked by the Times as being uh, uh, hangouts for anti-Semitic uh, rhetoric, and they use that basis, which we'll talk about with Basil Valentine in the next segment. We're going to cover that story, but that was the basis to sort of shut down or get Facebook to shut down Jeremy Corbyn's social media, which is effectively the left wing uh, in Britain. Or the, and the anti-war, by the way, the anti-war left wing uh, coalition, that's kind of coalescing around Jeremy Corbyn. So you can go to different countries. You'll see this happening with different sides of the political spectrum, for, and they'll use different pretexts, but basically the result is the same. It's to restrict access, to restrict visibility, to restrict the ability to share, uh, to basically compartmentalize uh, the conversation. That's what's happening. Uh, so, you know, Renan's uh, got a successful movement uh, that has millions of people involved and they're, they found a way to try to disrupt it, basically, so that it doesn't have this, the level of the impact that maybe potentially it can have to change the conversation. Uh, and that would be the same if it was a left-wing group. And personally, uh, in, on this show, I wouldn't, uh, I'm not discriminating against any part of the political spectrum. This is not a political issue as such. It is an issue of free speech. It's an issue of, of being able to have ideas out in the open so people can debate and decide for themselves what works for society. What do you think, Mike? Well, it's, well, it goes way beyond free speech. This is, this is an issue which is right at the fundamental foundations of democracy. If, if every person that wants to get involved in the political process is not entitled to have a voice, uh, because uh, and we're talking about a wide uh, section of the political spectrum, then what we're talking about is the subversion of the democratic process. And uh, so what kind of government have you got at the end of the day? Absolutely. That's what, listen, in America, this Russiagate business and the, the, the fake, fake news crisis, that is a subversion of the political democratic process. The same with Brexit uh, and basically telling voters their, voter, their vote didn't count because the Russians somehow meddled in the election, which is itself a fake story. Um, that's subverting and disenfranchising people in the democratic process. 
Renan, um, this is an extraordinary story. We posted up uh, your your recent interview, I think you did with RT. That's up at 21st Century Wire right now. People can go and look at that. We've also put a link to your uh, organization, the Free Brazil Movement, um, and that's up on the show page as well. And uh, I hope I hope that uh, you know you're going to get to talk more about this issue, Renan, uh, in the in the European and in the American media. We hope, uh, but in the meantime, uh, you know, just I'll leave, I'll give you the floor for the last uh, last statement here. Uh, any further thoughts on this? What else What else would you like to tell our listeners? Well, uh, first of all, thank you very much for this opportunity. For us, it's very good to have like a voice outside of our country to tell people what's going on. And um, our next steps in the story, uh, as I said, we will fight in on the Congress, we will fight in on the courts, which doesn't mean much because the courts are our problem nowadays here. And But first of all, if people start to call it censorship, instead of a fake news crisis and, and that's what's happening in Brazil we can we can say that we won and that's what's happening right now like uh, many many people got together with us many influential even like people who doesn't agree with us like extreme left wing parties and political groups they got together with us in the story and everyone's saying this is censorship this is an attack against democracy and this is an attack against the fundamental basis of what we believe politics should be. People must have voice. And even like when, when we see like an extreme leftist group, like a revolutionary group saying, oh, they can't do this to free Brazil movement, like uh, it's a it's because it's bizarre. It's because it's um, out of mind. I could. I, People can't believe this is happening right now. It's a censorship campaign uh, using this fake, fake news story that you said. It's, it's a perfect um, nomination for for this fake Russian crisis on American elections. And people are calling censorship. We won this battle this week here in Brazil. And I hope that you guys and other people who defend free speech and who fight somehow the lies from mainstream media, you will win as well. Like, we must screen censorship and we must show people that this is wrong and people will be with us somehow. That's what can I say. If we, we show people that they are doing censorship, people will be together with us. Yeah. I'm quite impressed that you guys are are really in the fight uh, on, on all those different levels on the, you know, you're there, <laughs> you're in Facebook's face, no pun intended physically. Uh, but you're also, you know, you're fighting the legal route, which you acknowledge is also corrupt. And we agree with you. Absolutely. We have the same problems with the uh, court systems, legal systems uh, in Europe and in the U S it is political and corrupt, but you still, you're waging the fight on, on all these different fronts and online and fighting for for freedom of expression and being able to organize even virtually very important no matter what part of the i'll reiterate this no matter what part of the political spectrum you identify with this is an important issue for you and what renan uh santos has shared with us today is a really brilliant case study of the full effect of this um when you have collusion between corporations and governments this is potentially the level of corruption that you can get to here uh, and it, it, hopefully there's a lesson to be learned here. And I want to thank you again, Renan Santos, for, for joining us this week. Thank you for the opportunity. And, uh, you know, um, uh, I, I hope we have good news 
and I, I will send you a message when we have news from the courts. I think this week we have some interesting stories to tell you about that because we will discover the what happened between the court and Facebook. This week we're going to have an answer. Brilliant. Well, wow. looking forward to that. We'll try to stay in touch. Good luck on the, on the fight. We, if we can have another uh, conversation uh, in the next couple of weeks or possibly in September when you got a result on this, it would be fantastic. We'll stay in touch. Renan Santos, co-founder of the Free Brazil Movement. Uh, you can check out their organization on the show page. And also we've got a link, uh, a few other links as well available for you there. But uh, there he is, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a short commercial break uh, and we'll be back. We're going to connect our next guest, uh, a new show on the Alternate Current Radio Network. We're going to talk with Russell Jordan, the prime artist, uh, recording artist, and a poet. And he's got a fantastic show on the ACR premiering this week. We'll talk about that after the break. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. I'm here in studio with Mike Robinson. This is the Sunday Wire. Stay right there. Yo, this is Russell Jordan, a.k.a. the prime artist. You're listening to the Sunday Wire with Patrick Henningsen. Alternate Current Radio. Keep it current. Stay locked. 